0: Good morning. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. I always pray that. We pray it during the day. We take you into our rosary every day, our community rosary, and we love you all, and we trust you all to God and to uh, the power of his grace, especially in this time. It is Friday, a week following Good Friday, good because the Lord of all died for us on the cross to give us life to give us all of heaven and yes, for the time we are deprived of the mass of the sacraments and it's a it's a great um, sorrow for us indeed, but we have heaven, we have Christ. we are able to make spiritual communions at home, we are able to read the scriptures, we are able to pray individually and as a family, we have the Catechism, we have the Internet with so much treasure on it, including Masses streamed live, which is not, of course, the same as going to Mass, but we have graces that uh, thousands and millions before us did not have. And so um, our hearts need to be grateful. And for everything that we're suffering, beloved, we need to offer that up for the conversion of the world and the conversion of the church. Um I think um, this chastisement that's upon us has not so much to do with the world but with the church because we have not been witnesses to the world. We have not lived the graces we've been given. Uh, The faith has not been taught uh, uh, for the most part, not from the pulpits, not from other ways, not in schools and uh, in, in large measure. And so... Again, we we are in the world, and for the most part, the Catholic population is of the world and worse than the world. And so we have earned what we've gotten. And if you, I've said this before, if you're upset individually because you think you haven't earned this, um, we are a family. God sees us as a people. He called Israel as a people, not as individuals, but as a people. And he called us as individuals into the church. But once we enter the church, we are part of the people of God, which is Israel, spread throughout the four corners of the earth um, through the Messiah that it brought to the world that came through Israel because of God's faithfulness. So we are a people. And if I live a perfectly holy life, which I don't, but if I did perfectly, that, um I I still would be part of a people who has brought great, great shame to God throughout the world because of our witness, um, not our lack of witness, but our positively evil witness, I will say that. Um, abortion, same, uh, in, in some cases, approving the same-sex marriage. There's no such thing but so-called marriage marriage. Um, Filling the stores on Sunday, filling the restaurants on Sunday, not keeping it as a holy day for God, um, really not living as in the world and not of it. So it's uh, divorce, all of that. The Catholic people and the Catholic who call themselves Catholics um, is, are no different uh, in as a people uh, than the world is. You'll find wonderful. Um so-called righteous people in the world who live much better than Catholics uh, or even non catholic Christians do, um, but yet God looks at us as a people and we are a disgrace to his name as as a whole. We are a disgrace to his name. Uh, many people in the world uh, have good morals yet they're not um, they're not in a state of grace they haven't come to Christ. And beloved, that's, I believe, what this chastisement is for. We have a great opportunity God has given us now through this coronavirus, through the danger that's come upon us to repent and return to the Lord our God, whether we uh, were Catholic and uh, or are Catholic and are not following him, we're doing our own thing, Um And you might say, well, we follow him. It's just this one thing we don't agree with. Well, then you're not living a Catholic life. It's all or nothing at all. All or nothing at all. If you disagree with anything, then you disagree with the church, which means you disagree with Christ, which means you put yourself above Christ. And so you cannot call yourself Catholic. If you disagree with anything the church teaches infallibly, I'm not saying what any particular... Uh, clergy of the church teaches, the pope, the cardinals, the priests, the bishops, but what the church infallibly teaches. If you disagree with any of that, you are not Catholic. Then you've placed yourself higher than God. And so um, it's all or nothing at all. And if you're in the world and you consider yourself a good person and a moral person and that you're okay, I want to tell you, if you are not in Christ and not in his church, you are not okay. You are not on your way to heaven because we cannot earn that. We don't deserve that. We don't get to heaven by being good. We get to heaven by giving our lives to the only sacrifice, to the one who... um, Uh, committed let's say the only sacrifice the perfect sacrifice the only sinless sacrifice that a sinless god could accept and that's the death of our lord on the cross and because he's alive we can be alive in him but we need to surrender our whole lives to him we need to surrender our lives to him and not go our own way i promised you a story this is friday but it's it's a it's a first class feast, so you don't need on a first class feast to fast on Fridays or or even to abstain from meat today. Um, we here, the daughters of Mary, mother of Israel's hope, will always abstain from meat on a Friday, even if it's a first class feast, um, because uh, it wouldn't be a first class pe- feast apart from the the death of our Lord, of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we always keep that feast, uh, keep that abstinence, rather. Um, and um, uh, we won't fast on a, on a first-class feast, but we will abstain from meat. Um, but you are free to not, if you, if you wish. I'm looking up um, an article. Here it is. I got it. Maybe some of you know this, because rather than in the book of Easter stories, I found it um, on the web, and I'm going to see if I can bring this up again and read it to you. I think I have it here. Yes. Okay, here we go. And it's called Jeremy's Egg. Now, some of you may know it, um, because apparently it's been around on the internet for quite a while, but I never read it before this week. And so I'll read it to you. I love this story. It's, um, it's an Easter story, Jeremy's Egg. Jeremy was born with a twisted body, a slow mind, and a chronic terminal illness that had been slowly killing him all his young life. Still, his parents had tried to give him as normal a life as possible and had sent him to St. Teresa's Elementary School. At the age of 12, Jeremy was only in second grade, seemingly unable to learn. His teacher, Doris Miller, often became exasperated with him. He would squirm in his seat, drool and make grunting noises. At other times, he spoke clearly and distinctly, as if a spot of light had penetrated the darkness of his brain. Most of the time, however, Jeremy irritated his teacher. One day, she called his parents and asked them to come to St. Teresa's for a consultation. As the foresters sat quietly in the empty classroom, Doris said to them, Jeremy really belongs in a special school. It isn't fair to him to be with younger children who don't have learning problems. Why? There's a five year gap between his age and that of the other students. Well, beloved, we will finish this story right after the break. The first break comes kind of quickly, doesn't it? We will finish the story of Jeremy's egg. You're going to like it if you haven't heard it before um, right after the break. And then after the second break, you'll, we'll take your calls, your texts, and your emails. And I'll give you the toll-free number ahead to call or text. It's one 511 Five four eight three or email at mother at the station of We'll be right back.
1: We stand at a crossroads in history. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture.
0: Merciful God, our Father, hear our fervent prayer for all who suffer from the coronavirus. May those who are infected receive the proper treatment and the
2: comfort of your healing presence. May caregivers, families, neighbors, and church
0: communities be shielded from the spread of this virus preserve our bodies from contagious disease and our souls from all sin. Protect and guide those who strive to find a cure that their work may conquer the virus and restore our communities to
3: wholeness and health. Help us to rise above fear and to live in your peace. We ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima and in the name of your Son,
2: Jesus, the Divine Physician and the Holy Spirit who live and reign now and forever. Amen.
0: Mother Miriam live, and we're in the middle of a wonderful story called Jeremy's Egg, and I'm going to continue. And it's about, if you weren't here from the beginning, let me let me just look at the beginning. Um, this is a little boy named Jeremy, and born with a twisted body, a slow mind, and a chronic terminal illness that had been slowly ki- killing him all his young life. Still, his parents tried to give him as normal a life as possible, and had sent him to St. Teresa's Elementary School at the age of 12, Jeremy was only in second grade, seemingly unable to learn. His teacher, Dor- Dor- Doris Miller, excuse me, often became exasperated with him. He would squirm in his seat, drool, and make grunting noises. At other times, he spoke clearly and distinctly, as if in a spot of light, as if a spot of light had penetrated the darkness of his brain. Most of the time, however, Jeremy irritated his teacher. And one day, she called his parents and asked them to come to St. Teresa's for a consultation. As the foresters, Jeremy's parents, sat quietly in the empty classroom, Doris, the teacher, said to them, "'Jeremy really belongs in a special school. It isn't fair to him to be with younger children who don't have learning problems. Why, there is a five-year gap between his age and that of the other students.' Mrs. Forrester cried softly into a tissue while her husband spoke. "'Miss Miller,' he said, "'there is no school of that kind nearby. "'It would be a terrible shock for Jeremy "'if we had to take him out of this school. "'We know he really likes it here.'" Doris sat for a long time after they left, staring at the snow outside the window. Its coldness seemed to seep into her soul, She wanted to sympathize with the foresters. After all, their only child had a terminal illness, but it wasn't fair to keep him in her class. She had 18 other youngsters to teach, and Jeremy was a distraction. Furthermore, he would never learn to read or write. Why waste any more time trying? As she pondered the situation, guilt washed over her. Oh, God, she said aloud. Here I am complaining when my problems are nothing compared with that poor family. Please help me to be more patient with Jeremy. From that day on, she tried hard to ignore Jeremy's noises and his blank stares. And then one day, he limped to her desk, dragging his bad leg behind him. I love you, Miss Miller, he exclaimed loudly enough for the whole class to hear. The other children snickered, and Doris' face turned red. She stammered, "Why, Why, that's very nice, Jeremy. Now please take your seat. Spring came, and the children talked excitedly about the coming of Easter. Doris told them the story of Jesus. And then to emphasize the idea of new life springing forth, she gave each of the children a large plastic egg. Now she said to them, I want you to take this home and bring it back tomorrow with something inside that shows new life. Do you understand? Yes, Miss Miller, the children responded enthusiastically, all except for Jeremy. He just listened intently. His eyes never left her face. He did not even make his usual noises. Had he understood what she had said about Jesus' death and resurrection? "'Did he understand the assignment? "'Perhaps she should call his parents "'and explain the project to them. "'That evening, Doris's kitchen sink stopped up. "'She called the landlord "'and waited an hour for him to come by and unclog it. "'After that, she still had to shop for groceries, "'iron a blouse, and prepare a vocabulary test "'for the next day. "'She completely forgot about phoning.' jeremy's parents the next morning 19 children came to school laughing and talking as they placed their eggs in the large wicker basket on miss miller's desk after they completed their math lesson it was time to open the eggs in the first egg doris found a flower oh yes a flower is certainly a sign of new life she said "'When plants seek, when plants peek through the ground, "'we know that spring is here.' "'A small girl in the first row waved her arms. "'That's my egg, Miss Miller,' she called out. "'The next egg contained a plastic butterfly, "'which looked very real. "'Doris held it up. "'We all know that a caterpillar changes "'and grows into a beautiful butterfly. "'Yes, that is new life, too,' Little Judy smiled proudly and said, Miss Miller, that one is mine. Next, Doris found a rock with moss on it. She explained that the moss, too, showed new life. Billy spoke up from the back of the classroom. My daddy helped me, he beamed. And then Doris opened the fourth egg, she gasped. The egg was empty. Surely it must be Jeremy, she thought. And of course, he did not understand her instructions. If only she had not forgotten to phone his parents, because she did not want to embarrass him. She quietly set the egg aside and reached for another. Suddenly, Jeremy spoke up. "'Miss Miller, aren't you going to talk about my egg?' Flustered, Doris replied, "'But Jeremy, your egg is empty.' He looked into her eyes and said softly, Yes, but Jer- but Jesus' tomb was empty too. Time stopped. When she could speak again, Doris asked him, Do you know why the tomb was empty? Oh, yes, Jeremy exclaimed. Jesus was killed and put in there, and then his father raised him up. The recess bell rang. While the children excitedly ran out to the schoolyard, Doris cried. She cried. The cold inside her melted completely away. Three months later, Jeremy died. Those who paid their respects at the mortuary were surprised to see 19 eggs on top of his casket, all of them empty. What do you think? isn't it beautiful isn't it beautiful we think we can judge people we think we know what's in them we think they know what they're thinking because of their past or external um, appearances or behaviors we don't know them we don't know the heart God has given his people we don't know look at that huh I don't think I would have thought to leave the egg empty like the empty tomb. I don't think I would have. So that's our story for today. And just a few minutes, I'm going to begin to... Ta- no, I'll take him now because we're done a little early and we can catch up on... Um, um, on some emails that you've been waiting for me to answer. So I'm going to start with, and again, toll free. You can call in from this point, uh, to the rest of the program, toll free. The lines are wide open. Um, one 5483 or, uh, email at mother at the station of the cross.com. um, Let's see. Uh, we have a text here from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Thank you, Mother Miriam, for speaking the truth about education. What is your take on parents fighting television, Internet, and social media influence? Well, whoever wrote this text, um, you know my response. You just wanted me to say it <laughs> aloud, <laughs> which I'll be happy to do. Um, uh, The fight doesn't have to be so strong, you know, against television, internet, and social media. It's a very easy solution. And I'm going to tell you a story. I was in a house one day with uh, parents that had several children. And the children were just wild. And to calm them down, uh, the parents would put on television. And supposedly children's programs, but children's programs are quite corrupting they're immoral um i could go on to detail that but they're immoral and they are geared to destroy the family because if you look at children's programs if you look at cartoon movies that are out tarzan on up they're always without a mother and the children are always raised by the village so to speak and we feel sorry for the children. Everybody loves them. It's a movie of love, and it's great. But it is that it is not subtle. It is perf- a purposeful destruction of the family. And in many of these children's programs, that's the same. It's it's there's no parent around. Uh, very often, even in in new movies, there's no parent. So. Um, they're orphan children, and we feel bad for them, we feel sorry, we love them, they're adorable, they're going through trouble, and our heart goes out. And what's behind it is evil. Our response is not evil, our response is compassion. But what's behind it is evil, because who needs parents? Uh, It's just really, uh, it's bad. And so um, I... um, uh, have made a suggestion to one family they, because they don't know what... They have no control over the children unless they put the children the TV on. The children won't even eat uh, lunch or dinner unless they can watch TV. They're all over the place. And that's what the parents have confirmed. And so I suggested to them that they throw the TV out in the garbage cans, throw them in the garbage cans. And if you can't bear to do that... Turn it off, unplug it, and put it in the garage. This one family did it. They took a huge, huge 30 inch something TV out of an alcove they have, and they made it an altar. And they put a statue of the Blessed Mother, pictures of the Holy Family, um, candles, beautiful. Just, they made it a family altar. And by the presence of that altar, they would come before it and pray each day. And the entire family was changed. To this day, it's been years they don't have a TV. And and it, it changed the entire life of the family. So my simple suggestion to the fight of television, Internet, and social media is to get rid of it. You don't have to limit it. Get rid of it. Before, when the family was the family was before electricity before electricity i i think i was nine when we had our first little black and white nine inch emerson tv you know and we fought and we were allowed to watch it one half hour a week one half hour a week so it didn't destroy us but it's destroying everyone today get rid of your television do not allow anybody on the internet except for for school projects or certain good, profitable things. The same with social media. Uh, Children should not have computers in their room. If they need them for school or study or other projects, have a separate study room, not computers in their bedroom. You will solve the issue of pornography and other immorality that is absolutely corrupting your children there's our break beloved we'll be right back and um take the rest of your questions god bless you and again our toll-free number is one eight seven seven don't go away
1: the future of the family is grim as our lady of fatima said the final battle will be for the family It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. This is Rick Paulini
2: and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jezu, ufam Tobie. Jesus, I trust in you.
3: Are you ready for Full Contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics, spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show,
1: 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, heard around the world on the iCatholic
3: Radio app. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam
0: Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and we do have a we got extra time in today. We have a full half hour ahead of us. Um, and again, you're welcome to call in, uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, uh, we have a call from Amy from California. Hi, Amy.
2: Hi, Mother Miriam. Thank you so much for your program.
0: Sure. Thank you for calling in, Amy.
2: I'm hoping you can give me some ideas to bring the faith or an interest in the faith to my 14-year-old goddaughter. Uh, It's the one area that I did not make any progress in. I had left the faith, and then I had come back to the faith. And in the meantime, I have failed her in a huge way. And... Of course, now 14 in the world and of the world, no interest. Is there, can you think of books, stories, saints, something for a typical 14 year old in the world and of the world that might wake her up to want to know the faith?
0: Sure. Um, of course, it's only the Holy Spirit that can do that work, but the fact that your heart is already there, I think, is going to mean, is going to be a huge amount. Let me just ask you, um, what is her relation to you? Is she a niece? Is she a friend's daughter? Yeah. All right. And how?
2: They don't practice Catholicism at home. They call themselves Catholics and they go on Christmas and on Easter. Okay. um, And they say a couple prayers at night, but there's no, no faith and there's no real interest in the faith.
0: Well, they say a couple of prayers every night.
2: Well, you know, my sister has them say just, I mean, it's just the, um, now I lay me down to sleep prayer
0: and the, uh, angel,
2: um, guardian angel prayer.
0: Okay. That's very good. That's, that's more than some, that's more than some quote unquote Catholics do at night. So that's very good. That's very good that they've kept that up. Uh, even if it's by rote and they don't really know or live their faith, that's still very good. Um, Okay, and how far is she from you distance-wise, uh, physically? About an
2: hour and a half.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, meaning that you can get together with her, right?
2: hmm
0: And when mm-hmm. do you get together with her? Have you gotten together with her at all? Um, Usually monthly, like once a month or so. You do. That's also fantastic. But
2: it's a family. It's a family visit. It's just getting together to see the whole family.
0: Oh, that's also wonderful. These are good things. These are very good things. You can build on all of these things. Um, and when is her birthday coming up? Do you know? It's February, so she just had one. It just. She just had one. Do you know when she was baptized? It was when. She was February, March, March, April, January, June, June, five months old. That's great. Uh, and do you happen to, so February, so her, the and anniversary. July. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So the anniversary of her baptism is coming up. I'm looking for things, you know, uh, okay. to um, uh, for you to kind of get involved in. Um, maybe you can, uh, because a 14 year old. She's very astute, and mm-hmm. she's going to be extremely sensitive and on guard if you try to invade her life in any way with religion. I, I realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, is she going to a public school? Yes. Okay. This is bad. Um, don't wait till July. Um See if you can give her a call. If you called her on the phone, have you done that before? Would she come to the phone and speak with you? Yes. Okay. Give her a call and say, Amy, I have something really important to tell you. Um, Let's plan a lunch date. I'll take you to lunch. And uh, ask her what the best time is for her. Maybe it's a Saturday when she's not in school. and Maybe it's a Sunday um, uh, see if you can do that with her. Um, Saturday would be better than Sunday because, you know, we try not to go out to restaurants on Sunday, but you know, there, there's acceptance when there's reason, uh, so to speak. So, um, I would see if you can take her to lunch. Um, a favorite restaurant, she can pick it no matter what it is. Um, But a place that you can sit and talk. And Mm -hmm. I would say to her, Amy, um, I became your godmother when you were five months old. And I have an awful confession to make to you, but it's not going to be a surprise to you. You already know it that I have failed you utterly and miserably. I became your godmother because the the responsibility of a godmother, apart from your parents, is to help you uh, be nurtured in the faith. And I have failed you because I left the faith myself. I didn't even understand it, and I wasn't living it. I'm back to it now, not because I'm smart, not because I'm holy, uh, but because of God's grace. And I believe it, Amy, and I know now how much I have failed you. And she may say, but I don't care, Aunt Amy. I, it's no problem. Don't worry about it. I say, well, I know you don't, and I, I trust what you're saying. But I ask you to, to, uh, to listen to my heart and to grant me an opportunity, even now, 14 years later, 13, 14 years later, to help you in the faith. Well, and you know, I really don't. I, I don't want to. I'm, you know, um, I know, I know, I know, and I know that I'm imposing on you to do this, but I'm asking you to do it really as a sacrifice and a gift to me. Do you owe me anything? No, you don't. You don't. Um, maybe kind of just normal respect, normal, you know, uh, interaction between people, um, but uh, do you absolutely owe it to me? You do not. I'm asking you for a sacrifice, Amy. If you would meet with me, um, every two weeks, something like that. And, um, and we can, I can give you a book that you can read, uh, and all I want to know is what you think of it. You can deny the faith. You could hate it more. You could uh, not. You could come to not believe what you already believe. It's okay. But just give me the opportunity to help you, because before God, I I am um, I have a responsibility and i'm going to ask you to help me to make it it's always your choice if you believe and how you live amy it's always going to be your choice before god but let me give me the opportunity to tell to let you know how much love god has for you and and the things that he has some of them that he has in store for you so i would speak with her very gently i would respect her I would speak to her almost not as a friend, not as an equal, but um, as a, uh, think of how Jesus would speak to her, someone who is really, that knows her to a point, that respects where she is, that comes alongside her as he came to earth and came alongside us, the woman caught in adultery. Who, convict, who, who condemns you? And she says, no one. And he says, neither do I. You see, that's how you need to approach Amy. So, um, and you need to so um, receive her the way Jesus receives us. Um, if she says, well, you know, I'll, I'll give you something right off. I'm not a virgin anymore. I didn't tell my mom this, but, I, and what would Jesus do? And, and say, Amy, um, I, that saddens me, of course, but Amy, God is a forgiving God, and he loves you. He would say to you, like the woman who came to him in adultery, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. You know, just be as unconditionally loving and gentle, and so she will be shocked that what she's going to expect from you Perhaps doesn't happen, but she finds in you someone who is genuinely coming aside her, who wants, who is more interested in her than in your desire to transmit the faith to her. You see what I mean, Amy? Yes, I do. Uh, Do you think that would help?
2: I do. I do. I wonder. Um, I, I love that. I love all of that. It's definitely mm-hmm. a conversation I can have. I Good. <laughs> I don't know how open she'll, I know that she'll be willing to listen. I don't know. I wonder, is there uh, What books b- or saints or prayer yeah. or something that maybe I could say, sure, look at this and we can talk about it. But something that, I don't know. I, like yeah. some of the my favorite prayers, I mean, you know, the sorrows of Mary Rosary. I think it's is too.
0: No, too no, 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 no! Don't rosary. give her prayers. Don't give her prayers. Okay. She's saying two every night. That's and don't give her prayers. Okay. Um, and and don't ever say, look at this. I mean, don't be her okay. boss. Don't instruct her. Just say, I've got something. I, I really. Would love it if you would read it. Read as much as you want. A page a day, a page a week. I don't care. Read as much as you want. Um, maybe no less than a page a week just so we can progress some. Let me know what you think. Just let me know what you think. Not that we can discuss it. It, it puts school on her. It, it's too much. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. The approach, uh, don't put things on her Um to just say, I'd love you to read this. I picked this out because I love you to read it. And um, again, at your own pace—whether it's a page a day, a page a week, uh, the whole book overnight—it's completely up to you. And but let me know what you think of it. If you hate it, let me know. You know, if if you uh, if you uh, if it's too pushy for you, if it's whatever, just let me know where your heart's at. That's all. Leave it to her. Don't demand anything from her. Don't make it a school assignment. What's that?
2: What book would you suggest? I suggest...
0: I I don't have one in mind, um, but yes, a book on a saint her age. No question about it. A saint her age. I would... uh, There's a wonderful series of... um, Is it Mary... uh, Oh, I just... It's a hyphenated name. Um, Oh, dear. Um, I can't... I'd have to look it up myself, but look up um, good... Go to joyfulcatholic.com is one website. Uh, Look up ignatiuspress.com and look for their children's books. And you want something toward teenagers, of course. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you want uh, heroic stories. You want stories of young girls who were heroes, who stood out in the crowd and didn't worry about what people thought of them, um, who and you especially want stories of kindness, you know, of real kindness. And I would say, um, um, I wish I I had... There's so many books to look at. You can even call those publishers and tell them the story of your 14-year-old niece and just say, you know, I'm looking for a book that will help her, not teach her the faith, but give an example of the faith that would draw her to it, of heroism, of the 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 unconditional love and kindness that is irresistible that kind of thing that's what i would do perfect
2: that's wonderful thank you so 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 much
0: but make sure you don't instruct her and that you don't Mm -hmm. put her in a box you don't give her a school assignment that kind of thing okay okay you're her guardian angel you're not her instructor you're her you're her godparent but you're her guardian angel and and you want to love her to God, okay? All right, Amy. God bless you, dear one. Um, uh, Larry, I see your call, sweetheart, and we're going to take it as soon as we come back from this break. And um, anyone else, feel free to call in. Uh, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. God bless you. We'll be right back.
1: there am i in the midst of them the liturgy of the hours is also known as the divine office and is the daily prayer of the church so you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests religious and laity throughout the world it's comprised of small reflections readings from sacred scripture and writings from saints and theologians to learn more about the liturgy of the hours visit thestationofthecross.com that's the Station of the Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9 30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network.
3: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1 877 5483 or email her at Mother at the Station of the Welcome
0: back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, this is our last segment and, um, we have about ten minutes, and our phone lines are open. We have uh, Larry on one of them from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Larry, hello, dear.
4: Oh yes, Mother Miriam. Say, uh, this is about um, children raised without parents. Yes. I recommend as uh, well. I recommend reading the novel. Lord of the Flies which is a translation of Beelzebub and it's about a bunch of kids marooned on a desert island and they become savages even Mm -hmm. to the extent of cannibalism and the nuns recommended it was a list of recommended books back in the 60's when I was in high school and uh, along with Animal Farm about Stalinist Mm -hmm. Russia yeah
0: um. Well, you know, what we were talking about, Larry, as you know earlier, is the uh, intentional destruction of the family mm-hmm, by, yeah. by the stories, again, uh, like Lord of the Flies, where the parents are eliminated uh, one way or another. So, so this is to uh,
4: show the evil consequences. yeah I know. Of children uh, raised
0: yeah. without parents. I know, I know, I, and it, it it's not always that case, but it it certainly can be. It certainly can be, Um and it shows because they did pick leaders. You know that we we all want someone yeah. to emulate. We all want leaders.
4: That's what furor means, you're, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah
0: there okay. so larry god bless you dear one oh, god and god uh, bless
4: you too and I, I really love listening to you god oh, bless you th-
0: thanks and thanks for calling in dear one okay um let me just take um an email here um from it's a text um let me just say it from anonymous I, i've got a few texts here um Uh, It says, Mother Miriam, I'm a 41-year-old Pentecostal preacher's daughter and have been looking into the Catholic Church for over a year now. Blessed be God. I'm currently an RCIA, good, if it's a good RCIA, um, but still struggling with questions and whether to take the leap. What would you say to someone on the brink but still questioning, is this the true faith? I would say don't take the the, the leap. Do not. Um, you know, uh, it's one thing if we come into the church, not understanding everything. I did that. Um, I, I could agree to everything, but I didn't understand everything. And one of the reasons that I could say yes to everything is that I came to understand and believe not based on individual doctrines that I could agree with. But the fact is I came to agree that Jesus said, "I will establish my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it," and that it is the Catholic Church. I came to agree and realize that, and so whatever the Catholic Church taught, the answer is yes. I didn't. I would never question a doctrine if it's true from the Catholic Church. Um, and declared infallible by the Holy Spirit. So, um, I, I, well, I could learn, we could enter the church if we believe it's the church, and we can learn different doctrines and come to understand them along the way. That's a proper thing. We don't have to know everything. But if you're not sure if it's the true faith, I would not take that leap, there, because there'll be reasons why you're not sure, either because you're still holding yourself in a sense above the church because you don't trust it, and so you're you're counting on your own understanding, um, or you still have um, you know Pentecostal uh, really um, uh, misconceptions and real distrust. Um, in fact, when I came into the church, I I it took me a, a couple of years. Uh, To get over my distrust, I agreed with it, but deep down I had a mistrust of the Blessed Mother and all of that. I I didn't say I didn't believe it. I believed the church taught it, and I believed, I had come to believe it was the church, but I couldn't shake my emotions. And in time, God miraculously worked them out. But if you're questioning if it's the true faith, I wouldn't take that step yet. I would deal with your questions. Um, and again, realize. And in fact, I said to the priest who was helping me, um, I, 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 I just um, I just am not sure that the church is true. And he said to me, forget whether or not the church is true. And I said, forget Uh, Because I was an evangelical Protestant trying to save Catholics for 18 years. And I said, forget whether the church is true? He said, yeah, that's not the point. I said, what is the point? He said, the point is Christ. Well, I, I love that. He said, the point is Christ. He is the one who is true. The church is his body. He's the head. The point is Christ. Did Christ do that? And to come into the church is not Christ plus. It is Christ. It's the whole Christ. So that began to make sense to me, and it freed me to not trust men, uh, human beings, uh, and what they say, but truly to trust Christ. So um, so we each come in differently. We each have a different background, different understandings, different personalities, different fears, uh, all of that. But I would say um, if you're still questioning if it's the true faith, it's not a time to come in. You should run to the church, not come in hesitatingly. Uh, you should say, Lord Jesus, I'm I, I'm afraid. I'm still not sure about these things, but I think it's true. Could you help me? I don't want to enter the church in a state of unbelief um, or fear. And he'll answer that. He'll answer that and find someone really, really good, holy, knowledgeable in their faith. Could be a priest, could be a lay person. Um, and, and talk through the things you don't understand. And I'm going to suggest a couple of books for you if you haven't already read them. One of them is Fundamentals of the Faith fundamental no it's that's not fun well there is a book called fundamentals of the faith by uh, peter kreeft that's a very good book but the one i was thinking about is catholicism and fundamentalism by carl keating that's number one catholicism and fundamentalism by carl keating the second book is um by carl adam the spirit of catholicism carl adam the spirit of catholicism those two books I strongly recommend. And a third one by Scott Hahn um, and his wife, Kimberly. It's called um, Rome, Sweet Home. It's their conversions. So I, I would I would say those three, if you can. And um, don't worry about—if you don't enter this Easter with your RCIA class, don't worry about that. Your journey is with Christ, not with an RCIA class don't be coward don't uh, don't worry about what people say or think um you'd be setting a good example that um you don't take a step so important unless you really believe it again you can have questions about things that's not a problem but um but if you're questioning if it's the true faith i would say spend time in those books okay and and you might god might answer you overnight he may answer you in another six months, whatever it is, but he will answer you because you sound quite sincere. That's why you still have questions. God bless you, dear one. We'll pray for you in that. And. Um, uh a quick quick text here uh anonymous since dioceses have closed masses can i go to an sspx mass the answer is yes that's why i took your text yes if you are not able to get to another mass and there's an sspx mass available yes you may go yes um okay beloved that's the end of our program have a blessed weekend and we're going to start something really exciting on monday So God bless you all. Live the faith with all your soul, might, uh, and strength.